The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice, and for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning. It is Monday, October 23rd, and today is National Horror Movie Day, National Boston Cream Pie Day, Swallows Depart from San Juan Capistrano, National Mole Day for all those moles out there, National TV Talk Show Host Day, and, oh, yeah, you guys, it is iPod Day. I can't believe people even still use those. But thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast, and please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code up there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh, yeah. So if you're joining us from any of those platforms, we welcome you. And we are going to kick it off with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite, who loves to pucker his lips when he's getting ready to speak. Oh, yeah. He is the dope dad himself, always looking at himself in the mirror, pointing thumbs and not fingers. That's right. It is the dope dad, Rico Lamite. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. That's my audio. My audio nice right now. You sound amazing. Good to see everybody back in. Uh, we got some updates on the money chase. Some might call it an unexpected plot twist, but others like myself, we choose to follow that very three-word credo that I'll lead you to 99% of all the answers that you des desire in life. We'll say it was just a matter of time. Follow the money. Because safe banking safer banking or whatever you want to call it was never about supporting the little guy and the little gal. And now we're beginning to witness the prophecy play out in real time because NASDAQ.com reported this morning in recently released Q3 2023 lobbying disclosures, it has been revealed that both Bank of America and National Rifle Association are two of the latest major entities to lobby for the federal level for the Secure and Fair Enforcement Regulation, or SAFER Banking Act. Late September, the Senate Banking Committee passed the SAFER Banking Act, uh, sending it to the full Senate. Per the article, the committee voted uh, vote marked the first time cannabis banking legislation has received a vote in the Senate, with 
even though seven earlier versions of the bill cleared the House several times. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has committed to folding in two additional pieces of legislation that have been key to a compromise among Republicans and Democrats in the Senate, the harnessing of opportunities by pursuing expungement, the HOPE Act, uh, to allocate uh, funding for states pursuing expungements of cannabis offenses, and the Guns, Right, and Marijuana, the GRAM Act, um, to extend Second Amendment protections to legal cannabis consumers. The NRA specifically included on its disclosures S.1323 and S.2860, or the Safe and Safer Banking Acts, respectively, without indicating a position. Bank of America included in its disclosure S.2860, Safer Banking Act, issues related to provision of financial services. The NRA did not respond to requests for comments. A Bank of America spokesperson told Cannabis Wire that the financial institution has no comment on its disclosure and no position on the bill. But they did put the money behind it. CBOE, the Chicago Board of Options and Exchange, one of the largest options exchanges in the world, also included that Safe Banking Act in its disclosures this year and added its new iteration, the Safer Banking Act, in the third quarter. I cannot recall in my 40 years of life the last time the NRA, BOA, or CBOE backed anything directly benefiting, quote-unquote, the people. I say this as a former card-carrying NRA member myself, BOA client myself formerly, and member of the financial service industry with direct ties to the CBOE that I'd expect with uh, said entities now exposed as backing safer banking that more large institutions will be piling on, but who knows? With the Republican turmoil regarding the absence of the House of House leadership, when this thing will ever be considered for debate. What I can say is, as a black man formerly in corporate America, there are several reasons I'd never publicly associate with the NRA or Bank of America's uh, political leanings, if I had to say so in the matter. I hope you all continue to not only continue following that money, but also read the fine print on these bills before filing on with your support, too. You see what happened up north with, on a minor level with Measure A and Humboldt. And in my opinion, we're seeing it go down. Oh, man. Rico. Rico, Rico, Rico. Man, all those of A's going on today. <laughs> Man, uh, I mean, I, I do find it very interesting. And, you know, they say pol pol polit uh, politics make the strangest bedfellows. So having the, the NRA and B of A, and I think even MasterCard is pushing for this also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. Um, the I saw another Jack article. Movie. I saw another article similar um, to this one that included MasterCard. Um, it, I mean, it makes sense for financial institutions to get behind this because it gets them access to more customers, right? Mm -hmm. um, we've all, as you know, business operators, I'm sure all of us at one point or another have received that really ill-fated letter that comes in the mail saying that your bank account is closed and that you need to come get your money or you're going to lose it. Um, right. It's a scary moment for business operators. And those of my friends who work in the banking system, all they say every single time we get on this topic of discussion is that they want to be able to work with us. Um, and you have more banks need to be getting online mm -hmm. over their intentions. I was, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, Mandy. 
um, Rico, with all of this, man, the, the NRA, what is the main motivation be- behind the NRA wanting safe banking? Is it is it strictly around the language of Operation Choke Point that is that is in regards to uh, in, in regards to this legislation? So they can sell more guns, man. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as that. Follow the money. <laughs> that, so, so, so then that's what I'm saying. So, so, so then it is in regards because there is the Operation Choke Point language that now, that now that the yeah. NRA is now standing behind safe banking and wanting to have it advance. More guns on the streets means more memberships for them. Means more money in their coffers, but they broke asses. Mm-hmm. Morally and literally. Oh, jeez, stop it, stop it. It's just so ridiculous. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic that these guys are getting behind behind safe banking. I mean, we, we need the industry isn't pushing it hard enough, so we definitely need some outside help. So I'm, I'm more than welcome. Welcome the NRA coming in to help, uh, to help push this issue along. What's also, that, Mandy? maybe a way for them to 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 get some younger folks uh, involved in the NRA because really the NRA is like Chuck Heston and a bunch of really you know upset seventy year old white dudes mostly. Yeah, <laughs> completely, but mostly. It is yeah, something yeah, that yeah, we yeah, should they're, they're, all about, they're all about gun. This go ahead, thing. go ahead, Mandy. Maybe a delay on my audio. I'm not sure. What? Go, go ahead, Mandy. Go ahead, Mandy. I was just saying, you know, I, I don't know if this is 100% true. I have heard this through the wind a couple of years ago. There were some banks up in Washington State and I believe in Oregon that were actually attempting to sue the FDIC because they weren't able to service customers. Oh. And, um, mm. you know, more banks, Smaller banks like um, credit unions and things have have gotten more behind this, like Silicon Valley Bank. In, right, right. But basically, <laughs> <long time> <laughs> <laughs> if you're a customer of any bank, I don't care how big or how small, you need to be going to the manager of that branch and asking them to be asking them what their bank is mm-hmm. doing to help push this initiative forward. You need to, and using non-Karen language. <laughs> yes, I want to speak to your manager. I want to speak to your manager. <laughs> who's who, who's in charge over here? <laughs> oh, oh man, man. But, uh, it, this is just, this is simple, 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 and it's, it's good to see this literally coming into fruition. Follow the money. Yes, they want they want to service you so they can rip you off some more. Mm-hmm. How many times has NRA been fucked uh, been fucking over communities of color? I mean, don't even get me started, though, Rico, on the banks that do currently work with us. They rape us every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they charge they, they charge do. like five grand plus just to have an oh, account. Yeah. Listen, listen, you're not going to get any pushback from me on any of that. All I'm saying is beware of the fine print with any of these bills and, and beware of why these large, the largest, the large entities are getting in now. There's reasons for that. And it might not be. All sunshine and mirrors. Once it all get passed, hey, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm just glad to have ha- have their support. Whatever the, whatever those reasons and those internal outliers are, I'm happy. I embrace that support because our industry needs it. Does anyone oh, you embrace, know? You, you embrace any support in this land? I mean, yeah. If we're, if 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 it's getting us up across the finish line to the goals that we need to accomplish, then yes. If David Duke comes out here and starts supporting, I don't, I don't even think David Duke is alive no. anymore. 
Oh, he is. Are you going to denounce his endorsement? Stop it. You're, you're, you're creating fallacies that aren't even possibly realistic. No, I'm, I'm creating a parallel with your boy. No, your boy you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not even close. Not even close. Me. Not even close. But on that, we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. Relying on 25 years of commercial hydroponic experience, King Solomon Nutrients has engineered the best liquid and dry fertilizer products for cannabis that preserves the crop, the soil, and the environment. Through relentless passion, research, and innovation, King Solomon has developed simplified cannabis crop nutrition you can trust. It was created for farmers by farmers. Don't mess around. Try the crown. Up next, y'all know who he is. He's known for smoking the best weed in the world. He is the longest continuously operating retailer in the world. Yes. He's coming to the stage next. Jason, back. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. It is Monday. Oh, and here we go. Because Delta 8 THC is unregulated in Oklahoma. And state marijuana regulators want to change all of that, you guys. Often packaged like candy and displayed prominently at convenience store counters, Delta 8 THC products are popular, profitable, and, for now, unregulated. Delta 8, da, 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 we don't need that. But Adrena Berry, executive director of the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, also cautioned that an age minimum to buy such products has not yet been imposed here, which means stores and manufacturers are left to set those requirements, and that means that Delta 8 products could be more accessible to minors, she says. Our bottom line is that these products are very similar to medical marijuana, Barry said. Some of them are even stronger than medical marijuana products and need to be regulated and tested like medical marijuana, she says. The uh, th those in Oklahoma medical or marijuana industry are aware that the state authorities have Delta Eight in their crosshairs, and some say regulation here will lead to businesses businesses losses and higher costs passed on to remaining customers. Jenny Jenny Flowers, uh, owner of Urban Wellness Dispensary in Norman, told the Oklahoman that those without medical marijuana cards make up about 30% of his business. And Flowers said that the Delta 8 he buys already has been tested in the states from where it comes. <laughs> in a quote, he says, it would have a great impact on us, he said. Right now, today, I ship all my Delta 8 from other states. So if they tried to make Delta 8 THC like medical marijuana, we have to get everything tested on top of that. Of course, we have to pass that cost off to the consumers. And if the state wanted us to retest on top of that, it's going to be a big problem, he says. It's a problem many states have dealt with since the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill, and the bipartisan legislation had a loophole that made hemp and hemp products legal 
if they contain no more than 0.3 THC of a specific cannabinoid, that being Delta-9 THC. Delta-8, which might get some people high, is said to have weaker effects than Delta-9 THC, the intoxicating component found in marijuana, and lawmakers in tobacco-growing states were among those who pushed to legalize hemp as an alternative to growing tobacco. Now, entrepreneurs and regulators are watching Congress to see whether the 2023 Farm Bill will require the U.S. Food Drug Administration to regulate hemp-derived cannabinoids such as Delta-8. And in a quote, they say, everything is going to hinge off the 2023 Farm Bill, Flowers said. Perhaps 50 years ago, researchers did not imagine Delta-8 products packaged in colorful bags sitting near packs of gum and breath mints in convenience stores across the United States. But that's what the 0.3 threshold was set in a research, was set in a, as a research article by botanicist Ernest Small and Arthur Conquest, who acknowledged that it was adopted arbitrarily to distinguish between hemp with limited intoxicant ability and with considerable intoxicant ability. The Farm Bill used that threshold in federal law. State by state, lawmakers have scrambled to craft legislation, and in a quote, hemp-based Delta-8 THC products are not addressed in the Oklahoma Industrial Hemp Program. Lee Benson, spokesperson for the Oklahoma Department of Agriculture, Food, and Forestry, told the Oklahoman in an email, he says, The hemp program rules address Delta-9 THC. Any licensed plants producing industrial hemp are subject to at least annual routine inspection and sampling to verify that the plant meets the definition of industrial hemp. Licensed plants may also be inspected at ODAFF and receives a, comp a complaint against a licensed plant plant or product. Meanwhile, the FDA has issued several warnings about Delta-8, and those warnings include an uptick in adverse event reports to the FDA and the nation's poison control centers, marketing of products in a way that might, have, might appeal to children and concern about contamination due to manufacturing methods, and the FDA says Delta-8 THC products often involve the use of potentially harmful chemicals while the natural amount of Delta-8 THC in hemp is very low. And additional chemicals are needed to convert other cannabinoids in hemp, such as CBD and Delta-8, according to the FDA. And the agency says manufacturers might use potentially unsafe household chemicals to make Delta-8 THC through a chemical synthesis process. The FDA also says that some of the Delta-8 products may be labeled simply as hemp products, which may mislead consumers who associate hemp with being non-psychoactive. And the agency is also concerned about products that are marketed for therapeutic or medical purposes that have not been approved by regulators. In a quote, they say, Delta-8 THC products have not been evaluated or approved by the FDA for safe use and may be marketed in ways that put the public health at risk, the agency says on its website. And the FDA is aware of the growing concern surrounding Delta-8 THC products currently being sold online and in stores, and these products have not been evaluated or approved by the FDA, and they say for, for then they are not safe for use in any context. Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority Chief of Staff Barrett Brown echoed these concerns while saying Oklahoma lawmakers need to regulate Delta-8 here, and there is no one out there making sure these products are tested, remove heavy metals, he said, and consumers oftentimes don't know what they are getting. Flowers, the dispensary owner, said his customers know exactly what they're getting. Oh, do they? I wonder about that. His products come with different 
certificates of analysis, Flowers said. The certificates indicate the growers he buys from and have sent samples to third-party labs for evaluation of various properties, including possible contaminants. In a quote, it's like anything else, Flowers said. It all depends on what company you get it from. A lot of companies include certificates of analysis, and a lot of companies don't provide that compliance material or evidence of how clean it is. You get you you can get it cheap, but you but cheap is not always best, he says. Flowers suggests the public should be more concerned about drug recalls than Delta Eight. And in a quote, he says, "No one's died from this in history of mankind." He said, "Not not one documented case." Still, others urge caution. And though similar to Delta Nine THC, Delta Eight is not well studied and could have unexpected effects on human health. Danielle Palmelli, the director of University of California Irvine Center for the Study of Cannabis, told the Oklahoman in an email. Also, it's made in the lab from cannabidiol under poorly controlled conditions. Impurities due to the prep, uh, preparation process may be toxic, he said. However, Dr. Palmelli said that banning Delta-8 might not be a good answer either. Uh, and he also says, at a minimum, we should make sure the production of Delta-8 is done safely. And Dr. Palmelli says that this is a job for the FDA, which unfortunately, unfortunately is underfunded and unable to carry out this type of work. On the other hand, I do not think that making Delta-8 illegal, for example, by including it in a Schedule 1, is a solution to the problem. The only tangible effect would be to make it harder for scientists to study it, while shady manufacturers would turn to something else like Delta-10, THC, uh, acetate, or whatnot. And uh, Barry, the uh, the authority's executive director, said conversations about Delta-8 regulation are being held with state and federal representatives and asked about the potentially for public concern over the agency's ability to take on more regulatory responsibility. The authority at times has been under scrutiny for its perceived inability to keep up with enforcing marijuana standards, Barry offered assurances. In a quote, he says, I think that if those statements were made two years ago, I would agree, she said. But in the last two years, we've made progress on getting staff in place, and we are in a place now where making progress on the regulation of the medical marijuana industry, and we want to make sure it's regulated, whether it's us or another agency, they say. Well, 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 Oklahoma, it sounds like they're coming to eat your lunch with Delta 8. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. And this is Jason Beck for the High at 9 News Hour. This is just all the government's fault. <laughs> all of it. Every last bit of it. We wouldn't huh? even be having any of these issues if this plant had never been taken away from us. Mm -hmm. It would not be an issue here today. Surprise, surprise, um, surprise. Yeah. Uh, it is good that they're like testing it, though, for just for purity and for consumer's sake. You know, I'll, I'll put that in there. It's good, right? I mean, any uh, retailer. Really the arrow, like, any retailer. Consumer yeah, I mean, any retailer that says that they're testing it, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying. I'm not, I'm not buying a whole hell of a lot of this personally. I, I think this guy is, is smoke and mirrors, in my opinion. I mean, it's not hard to verify a certificate of analysis. I agree you with that. I really. I agree with careful that. As a retailer, you are insisting to your your customers that I have tested product. It's clean. You should be able to prove that you have a real lab result, not one that was just made up on you know, um, mm -hmm. website somewhere. I, I, Stay I, away I'm... from Canva. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Canva for all of your COA needs. Bitches, it's Monday. Yeah. Sorry for being tardy. Yeah, big big shout yeah. out to Canva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, get them as a get them as a as, as a sponsor, Jason. Does does anyone find it find it interesting that Oklahoma doesn't have any type of age uh, barrier for any other type of uh, cannabinoid compounds? Neither does Texas. Didn't know that. Wow. I find that extremely amazing. So basically, I could be I could be seven years old and just walk into a store and pick up a Delta Eight vape cartridge and be on my way. Yeah, that was the big deal when we were out in Texas, man. Uh, yeah. South by Southwest last year. I start. I shit anywhere. I'd set up a store in my locker in in, in school and probably be slanging to all these pens to all the teachers. Yeah, there's like, like literally no <laughs> age limit, no anything. You can buy. You, you can buy. Go in there. You know, with your your backpack on. Just go go load it up. Mm-hmm. Head straight to the bathroom. Set up shop, bro. This shit is just so wild to me. All this age-restricted stuff is trompsing on my rights as a minor. That's 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 how you're feeling, Yarrow? You want your kids uh, consuming Delta 8, huh? Oh, God, no. Are you kidding? No? You don't trust the it? The that could have on their annual fentanyl consumption could be really challenging for us. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yo, it's, yo, oh, like Mandy said, it's the government's fault. They opened this can government's of worms fault. and they can't get them back in there. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's government's fault, but we're going to see what they're going to do because the new 2018 farm bill is going to come out, and I'm willing to bet that a lot of these loopholes are going to get sealed up or cemented over. We'll see. How silly you have to feel as one of the individuals who helped create the original, like, regulatory body of this plant just thinking about cbd and thc like we we let people make laws just regulating two cannabinoids it's crazy Mm -hmm. if they if they they follow the science from the beginning we wouldn't be in this problem right Right. cannabis is cannabis True, true, true. And on that, we're going to keep this thing moving. We're going to move right on in to Miss Mandy Tigler. She is a edibles judge for the Emerald Cup. She is also a cannabis executive and a mom who wants to show you how mixing all three of those things together can go hand in hand in an extravagant executive lifestyle. That's right. It is none other than Miss Mandy Tingler. Thank you. Good morning. I would hardly call my lifestyle extravagant. (laughs) Thanks, Jay. Uh, anyway, guys, my article today is one about some really strong parents who are trying to advocate for their little girl. It comes to us from the British Broadcasting Corpora- Corporation, and the headline reads, Home Parents Plead for NHS Medicinal Cannabis Prescription. The parents of a four-year-old girl with epilepsy are pleading for access to medicinal cannabis on the NHS. Over from Fromm in Somerset has a cardi syndrome, a rare neurological disorder which causes her to have hundreds of seizures a week. Her parents say cannabis oil reduces the number of seizures by 90%, but it costs them almost $1,000 a month. The Department for Health and Social Care said it takes an evidence-based approach to unlicensed treatments. A spokesperson added, licensed cannabis-based medicines are refunded where there is a clear evidence 
of their quality, safety, and effectiveness. Clover was diagnosed with a cardiac syndrome when she was three years old. This is a rare <clears throat> genetic neurological disorder. Part of the syndrome is a type of epilepsy, which is difficult to control, and Clover's parents, Spencer and Emily, tried using frontline medications without success. They said the seizures continued to get worse and she was having hundreds every single week. They got in touch with other families who helped secure a private prescription of cannabis for Clover. She started taking the medicinal cannabis in August of 2020, and within three months, the number of seizures had reduced by about 90%. Medicinal cannabis can only be prescribed by a specialist doctor through the NHS. <clears throat> Emily said a seizure could kill her. A seizure could undo everything she's learned. Seizures are extremely harmful, powerful, frightening, and dangerous, and the risk to her is monumental. If we don't have the medication that keeps these seizures at bay, then goodness knows what could happen. Although cannabis oil was legalized for medicinal use in 2018, very few people are routinely prescribed it by the NHS, and this can only be done by a small group of specialist doctors. Now, folks, this isn't the first article that I've come to you with for, with regards to what the NHS isn't doing for its citizens. I believe this is now perhaps the third or fourth article of different families having the same issue, having very real disorders. I mean, we're talking about seizure disorders. We know that cannabis helps alleviate seizures. We know this. And yet the NHS continues to turn a blind eye to these families and kids. And so on that note, of course, I'm going to turn it over to my fellow correspondents for feedback. But I just want to put this out there that NHS, you need to get your shit together already. You have the souls of these very fragile children on your own hands, and you're being irresponsible. And on that note, this is Mandy. Happy Monday. <laughs> and what do my fellow correspondents have to say? Government bureaucracy at its finest. Well, it let's just start by unpacking the acronyms for those who don't reside in England. NHS is what the National Health System. So that would be their 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 national. Uh, medical services provider, right? Um, that's all I had to say. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a blend of the FDA as well as like a, a, a single payer insurer platform. Yeah, right. I mean, they are paying people to run this like department, but certify almost no one. American. What do they do all day long? American influence and ineptitude from our bureaucratic. Uh, um, institutions is strong well i mean i don't know you can blame it on us i mean look we just because they came over here and colonized as one of the first countries doesn't mean we we can uh we can export back uh some of our inefficiencies here i mean look i think this is this is thematic right we're gonna see more articles like this we've seen plenty of articles in the past like this and it's that rate at which health sciences catches up with large health bureaucracies and that gap. And we've seen that for a long time, right? I mean, there's a reason why there's Charlotte's Web and it was named after Charlotte. And, you know, I can't say that everything has changed <laughs> in the long period of time since that, those things happened. We're going to see issues with children having access to psychotropic or mind-altering medications, especially when they come from plant science or nutraceuticals and where these large health it, uh, bureaucracies aren't caught up with that. Um, and I think we'll find those continue. We've, we've seen articles like that. We've had Dr. Jean Talleyrand on. We've had challenges with children being able to access their medicine in their schools because of the 
type of medicine or accessing here. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. You know this article's from England when they're complaining about $1,000 a month for something that's related to health insurance or health care because in America, over here, way we do it, we charge you thousands of dollars a month just to be healthy and that's not even accessing anything. So um, I, I, I'm happy for them that they have a national system that at least is slow moving but includes uh, access to health care for all citizens. Yeah, but their cannabis situation is a joke. They're just, it's like all just a joke. It's not even really helping anybody. Well, you guys, U.S., Great Britain, and France have, have teamed up since the early 1900s to create a, a global resource uh, and banking hegemony. And the reason Britain and the U.S. move so lockstep on drugs is because they really are in lockstep, again, financially, and when it comes to resource extraction and control of the world. So... As we see America loosen up, we're going to see the rest of the world loosen up because not only do we, again, move in step with, with England, but we also provide billions and billions of dollars of funding to almost every country in the world that is contingent on their continuing our drug war. Otherwise, if it weren't for the billions of dollars that people are, are really you know, uh, beholden to to keep their own economies running, there'd be a lot more drug legalization going on. That's often been the talk you know, pre, pre the U.S. beginning to move towards legalizing cannabis by the states. It's often been the talk when other countries start to loosen up. That's one of the reasons Netherlands tightened up was the U.S. started coming over and being like, yeah, we're not going to we're going to be tightening up our purse strings if you keep letting all of our tourists go over there and eat a bunch of mushrooms and smoke weed. Is this thing on? Oh, yes, it's on. <laughs> keep it in front of you. Keep your mic. Keep your mic. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked up a really interesting statistic out of Britain. It said that approximately 20,000 people have been given their medical cannabis access card. Um, however, they estimate that more than 1.5 million are using it on the illicit market. can't hear brother jason the control tower from highly educated has perfected the dab utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation you can waste none of it and taste all of it the micro texture of the se pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures and with the tower propelling at 2600 rpms it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date the control tower from highly educated oh yeah stop whatever you're doing make sure you hit that like button if you haven't already you know we'll you'll appreciate it you'll appreciate it and youtube will appreciate it also too make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already and you can read all of the articles that we cover here today on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yes. Coming up next. That's right. It is the immortal Count himself who has walked more footsteps than you could ever hope to get in one day with your little Fitbit or anything else. St traveling, 
continent to continent and here joining us today live from Sonoma County. That's right. It is none other than the Count himself, Matthew St. Germain. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, everybody. Happy Monday. I had to be alive still and seeing y'all. I've got this crazy cool study. Uh, now, this is out of marijuana moment. Um, a new study published. People who practice yoga after consuming marijuana experience improved mindfulness and mysticality, indicating that setting and behavior may play an important role in modulating a person's cannabis experience. The paper by author Sarah Elizabeth Ann Daniels was published as a University of British Columbia psychology dissertation that stated when using other psychoactive drugs to treat mental health conditions, researchers pay particular attention to contextual factors beyond the direct drug effects such as the mindset, setting, and behavior, as there is considerable evidence that these factors can significantly impact the therapeutic outcomes, she said. These factors are rarely considered during therapeutic cannabis use. The study's results generally indicate that what you do while you experience cannabis matters. During psychedelics, this study supports the concept that set and setting during cannabis use may significantly impact the therapeutic benefit of the drug. That means uh your your mindset right like uh how you're feeling how you're coming to the experience and then setting is where you're doing it who you're around etc to test whether context context affected someone's cannabis experience daniels had 47 participants self-administer cannabis twice one week apart during one session they practice yoga during the other they did what they normally do when high walk around watch tv play with the dog etc participants were scored on measures including state mindfulness mysticality of experience and state effect Mindfulness measured both traditional Buddhist and contemporary psychology models of mindfulness, including awareness of both mental states and bodily sensations. Mystical experience, meanwhile, referred to the feelings of experiencing eternity or the infinite, a sense of peace and tranquility or a loss of one's usual perception of time. Daniels found significant improvements in respondents reported mindfulness when they practiced yoga with cannabis. Their mysticality of experience was also greater. As for state effect, essentially, one's emotion and mood, no significant difference emerged between no yoga and non-yoga sessions. It's like studies of cannabis today, studies of psychedelics in the 60s were producing wildly variable results. Researchers began to realize that set and setting had nearly as much influence on study outcomes as pharmacological factors. 72% of these participants said they'd mix cannabis and yoga again. Not only did yoga seem to make their cannabis experience better, Cannabis also seemed to enhance their enjoyment of their yoga practice. Most frequent reported theme was enhanced physical awareness, which captured an increased awareness of the body, movement, and the physical sensory experience. Participants reported they were more in touch or in tune with their body and their body's needs and felt their body sensations and sense of movement on a deeper level. These findings suggest that paying attention to contextual factors and providing guidelines for therapeutic cannabis users may improve clinical outcomes when using cannabis to support mental health and well-being. Sharing marijuana and yoga, meanwhile, is nothing new in the cannabis community. Classes combining the two have been around since at least the early years of state-level legalization and likely much longer. Uh, but the report, reported benefits of those effects so far have been mostly anecdotal, which just means persons relating them. But what I'd like to share is Yoga itself was actually and is actually a, a mental, physical, spiritual method. It's a tool to be used with cannabis and psychedelics. And though a lot of people come to yoga without uh, cannabis or psychedelic usage, these, these, these asanas and breathing postures, et cetera, were actually developed by ancient Indian cultures given to us through the Upanishads and the Vedas as a means of accelerating personal growth and alchemical distillation of the self while high on psychedelics. And if you don't believe me, go read into the Vedas, go read into the Upanishads. See it for yourself, even better, 
smoke a big fat joint or a bong rip, do some yoga, sit still, breathe, tune in to who you are, where you are, and perhaps where you are headed in this life. This is Matthew St. Germain on a Monday. Looking forward to hearing to uh, what you, my correspondents, and Jay Beck have to say about this. Well, I can't, hear, I can't, there, I can't hear Jason again. Can't hear him. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Oh, Thank all right. You. All right. Sorry. 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 I think, I think, uh, I, th I think they were trying to silence me over here. <laughs> trying to have me silenced over here, but uh, no, I I I love this story, Matthew, and 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 I and and I do yoga. I'm a big fan of yoga, and I, I however though I could only probably smoke after yoga, not before yoga, because I noticed like I have a hard time doing a handstand, um, if I've have smoked before yoga. I have a hard time doing a handstand anytime. Okay, I do not know what kind of extreme action you're getting. I mean, I think this is another one of these things where the research catches up with the confirmation bias that I think anecdotally or in society, we've had this sense that that might make sense. And now we've got some data to back that up. Um, sure, if you get high and you watch uh, uh, snuff films or horror or I mean, we're all a byproduct of what we choose to feed ourselves, whether that's intellectually, nutritiously, uh, energetically, uh, this seems to make sense. For me, if I got high and I had to go to a public yoga session with a bunch of hot ladies and some Lululemon, yeah, it would actually, I would like my anxiety would go up. My downward dog would not stay <laughs> still down, and I would definitely be having a hard time staying focused because I'd be like, "Wow, she's doing that." Post so you have no self control. Oh snap! I've worked on. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I have a I have a custom shock collar, and Heather zaps me when I'm out of line. But <laughs> I, I do think that, um, you know, we can extend this further, right? For those of you who are not so enthusiastic about yoga, I think we can extend this idea further, which is that those things that create calm, well-being, sort of positive reinforcement, uh, could be accentuated while being accentuated being under the influence i don't i don't think that that's something that uh that really is groundbreaking earth-shattering information i think this really confirms what a lot of people have already sort of intuitively thought right mm -hmm. very much so and if you look in india you know the the shivite nagababas the different babas they have a thousands of years um tradition of smoking cannabis uh, mostly in the form of charash which is finger hash of smoking cannabis, doing yoga, and doing breathing practices, and they feel that uh, cannabis was a gift from Shiva, who is a divine emanation, a, a supreme personality of Godhead, and cannabis was given to us to forward our yoga practice. And what yoga means is yoke or union, and so the thought is that cannabis usage actually increases our union with the divine. Oh, interesting. And also, you don't have to do you don't have to do a full lotus, right? You don't have to do a handstand. Uh, some corpse pose is a popular. Is, is one of the that's first my favorite pose poses. that's my favorite pose at the end of yoga back. class oh, right and, and yeah airs with the chronic you're like oh yeah it's a great thing to do to just lay on your back and breathe and tune in with your body and who you are and check in with the fact that also like you're gonna die and i think it's important for people to face that fact that uh, we are mortal beings and we are going to die because it allows us to really order our life in some way that has a uh, matter and meaning to us because 
if we get caught up in 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 just self-medicating and, and staying on the TV and not really ever looking at these kind of existentially terrifying facts of the undoing of our uh, completely of our personality and the approaching void and 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 whether you have a thought as to what happens after you die or not let's put that aside because nobody knows and there is no proof right in order if one takes a moment daily or weekly or at least in some periodic moment to encounter and and digest the reality of one's own death i think one will make better choices and really choose to live a more full life oh look at that preach I on am a big time yogi i love yoga it's been probably the best gift i ever gave myself as far as exercise is concerned um and my experience is always enhanced when i use cannabis um, one of my very favorite things to do is like yoga and cannabis classes and those are all over the place you can look online and find one in almost every city where there is legal cannabis allowed sometimes even when there's not I thought you were going to say where there's legal there's yoga it. allowed. Yeah. And and if, you know, if you're like Yero myself and sometimes you smoke weed and get a little social anxiety, you can get on YouTube and find yoga techniques. You can you can literally download mm -hmm. JPEG images of sun salutations. Uh, you can message Jason Beck at the Hyatt 9 News. That's right. You can. And, and I'll give you a whole you through flow. A personalized yoga session. There I'll you give go. you a whole flow set. 100%. <laughs> You can listen to me oh, teach you yoga. You know, it's, like this, it's not exclusive to yoga, though. This is Correct. this is just exercise in general, right? It's yep. it's. Anything. I don't. I don't it's think so. Mind. I think this is specifically for yoga. The study was for yoga, but I mean, smoking weed and jujitsu rolling. Uh, you know, smoking weed really adds to. The I'm really good at rolling. Flow of of jujitsu, right? Smoking weed and riding a mm -hmm. bike is fucking amazing. That's also rolling. The F word. Sorry, but you know that is also rolling. Basically, smoking weed and doing anything except math in your head. But hold on a second. Hold on a second, Matthew. One of my favorite things to do while I'm consuming cannabis is, you know what? Counting stacks of cash. <laughs> and that would technically math. be doing math, Matthew. You see what I did there? And if you're going to listen to somebody, you should listen to the man who has math in his first name. Let's see what I'm saying. Well, he is the immortal one. He was telling us how we're all going to die, but he's still going to be here. He's just doing subtraction. Mm -hmm. Don't be angry at him. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Oh. Thank you so much for that story, Matthew. Oh, We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Oh, yes. Coming up next, we have Mr. Yarrow Kubrin, who does real estate and does cannabis. And every once in a while, he will do cannabis and real estate. He'll mix them all together like a PB&J. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. 
<laughs> and you know it's gonna be a great week when you when anything you do gets compared to a PB and J. You, you're like, already winning, solid. right? You're already winning on a Monday. Solid. Yeah, because you're already talking about comfort food, kid food, easy mm -hmm. to prepare food. We were talking about yoga earlier. Like, That's you got all your, a, you can give yourself a, a child's pose hug and your PB&J. <laughs> Everything I do yes. is so adolescent. Just call me Mr. Bunny Crackers and Carrots. <laughs> so, this is Yaro for Hyatt 9 News. Happy Monday morning to our viewers. My article today, extremely rare pot discovered 50 years ago, is finally available in California. This is from SFGate. In 1970, researchers at the University of Oxford were investigating a cannabis sample when they found a chemical that had never been known before to science. It wasn't THC or CBD, the two most famous compounds created by cannabis plants. They called this new compound tetrahydrocannabivarian. A mouthful of a word usually shortened to THCV. For the next 50 years, THCV quietly developed a mythical status amongst cannabis connoisseurs, earning nicknames like the sports car of weed or weedaral because it was rare and allegedly had astonishing effects. The few people who experienced it claimed that THCV pot kept them awake while reducing their hunger. Cannabis hunters traveled across the world and risked their lives looking for THCV, yet no one seemed to be able to find a consistent supply of it. Now, that's all changing. THV, THCV is becoming increasingly available, particularly in California, where the legal weed market has become one of the best places in the world to find this rare pot product. Adults in California can buy THCV mints infused with matcha, THCV pre-roll joints, THCV pills, and espresso-flavored THCV shots. The boon is mostly th is thanks mostly to two sources. The federal legalization of hemp in, in 2018 has greatly expanded the amount of synthetic cannabinoids in America, making it possible for companies to buy lab-made THCV in bulk. Cannabis farming companies have also made rapid advances in growing pot plants that are naturally rich in THCV. Elizabeth Rice, the sales director for Kiva, an edibles company, said now that THCV is available, retailers are clamoring to order the new products. The cannabis industry has been excited about selling THCV for years, Rice told SFGate, but only recently has there been a stable enough supply of the compound. I have retailers going, can you pre-order this? Can you order it now? That never happened. Rice said. Kiva launched two THCV gummy products this month. The new candies contain THCV alongside THC and other ingredients you normally see in energy drinks, like B vitamins, L-thionine, and caffeine. Names focus and energy. Both products promise to give customers the stimulating effects THCV has long promised. As with nearly all claims relating to cannabis, there is a major caveat. None of these products have been a have been proved to have any specific effects, nor have they been evaluated by any Food and Drug Administration clinical trials. Without human testing on specific products, no one can definitively say what THCV does or does not do, but there's enough evidence to make scientists excited about THCV's possibilities. A brief overview of the science behind the high. Nearly all cannabis compounds act on a specific type of receptor that regulates psychological processes like metabolism, memory, and pain, and is heavily concentrated in our brains. THC, the most common cannabis com compound, particularly activates this receptor, thus often having the effect of dulling pain and increasing short-term thoughtfulness. I thought short-term forgetfulness. Like, where's my keys? THCV, however, 
can have the opposite effect on this receptor, effectively turning it down. That could be why the compound is associated with what sounds like anti-weed effects, like keeping people awake instead of putting them to sleep, or reducing hunger instead of giving people munches. A very small clinical trial in 2016 that tried to evaluate THCV's mental effects found that THCV appeared to reduce forgetfulness. Another clinical trial published last month found that the compound was associated with an increase in energetic feelings. There are also potential health benefits related to metabolism. Studies using rodents have found that THCV can reduce appetite, body weight, and resting glucose levels, all signs that it could be a candidate to treat metabolic disorders like diabetes. That research was further validated in one of the only placebo-controlled clinical trials on THCV, a clinical trial published in 2016 that found that people with type 2 diabetes who were given THCV had lower fasting glucose levels, which are a pre predictor of the disease. It bears repeating, none of these studies prove that THCV or any products containing THCV have specific effects on humans. There have simply been too few studies with too few small sample size to produce con conclusive results. These early studies are why the pot industry is so excited about bringing THCV products to market despite its high cost. Nicole Daranani, sorry Nicole, I ruined your last name. A sales manager at Kiva told SFGate that THCV is the most expensive cannabis compound on the market, costing 10 times the price of conventional THC. But at last, the supply is there. California is seeing a wave of THC products, largely thanks to Phylos. Bioscience, a breeding company based in Oregon that developed cannabis plants that tested over 20% THCV by weight, according to test results shared with SFGates by Phylos. That's a previously unheard of potency of THCV cannabis. These new plants are one of Kiva's THCV sources, according to the last name already butchered. Philo CEO Ralph Reich told SFGate that the company is working with a handful of cannabis companies in California to supply the market. He said Phylos is focusing on THCV because it appeals to consumers who are looking for energizing and motivating benefits from cannabis instead of just getting high. He added that the company is funding a clinical trial in California to test exactly how THCV affects humans with res results expected in early 2024. There are new benefits people want to get from cannabis, and this seemed to create a new category of consumption, he said. THC has been, has been intriguing scientists and connoisseurs for decades, even if still no one knows exactly what it does to people. Now that it's becoming widely available, answers could finally be found on the horizon in California. This is Yaro Kubrin, High at Night News, Monday morning. What do you guys think? Sounds interesting, but also it just sounds like it sounds like the constant race. Oh, I we can't hear you, Jay. Sorry. No, go ahead, Matthew. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying this just sounds like constant race by the dot com capitalist. Uh, you know, just uh, cockroach core the center out and destroy everything and move on. Mindset of like, oh, the weed game's <laughs> falling out. Now it's CBD. Now it's CBN. Now it's THCV. Now it's the next one. Really, it's like, listen to the message in the cannabis plant about community, relation, generativity, and sharing. It's not about finding some cannabinoid and cornering the market and making all of the money and having three fucking vacation houses and everybody else gets to live under an underpass and eat fucking dirt. Mm -hmm. It's just the same thing over and over again. I don't discount the effects of THCV, but you can hear it in that lady quoted, how she's just... Giggling and, and twiddling her little fingers over how expensive THCV is. To me, it's just distasteful at best. I mean, 
Do we think that uh, there's going to be some big uh, promotion uh, for THCV over over Valentine's Day? <laughs> you guys, dietary THCV has been here for a very long time. It's really prominent in Durban Poison. Mm-hmm. It's in Jack Herrera. It's in a lot of the cultivars that have strong presence of limonene. And um, so this is not new. First of all, it's not. I have seen some cultivars that produce or yield uh, test results up in the teens when it comes to the THCV cannabinoid, which is really exciting. And those flowers look atrocious. When you have you ever seen what a, a high THCV flower looks like? It looks almost like hemp. Yeah, they're flowers. not. They don't look amazing. It's they're not, not sexy. And it doesn't have a really <laughs> great taste to it mm-hmm. either. So, um, anyway. Just throwing that out there that it's not extremely rare. I don't know who the hell thought they just discovered it, but um, they're wrong. Well, Michael says that it goes back 50 years here in Northern California. Obviously, California has gotten all of its genetics from other regions and areas and people coming into the Emerald Triangle to be able to theoretically more safely cultivate uh, cannabis. I think that we should break this apart into a couple different buckets. First bucket is... I think goes back to sort of what Matthew St. Germain said, which is, you know, anybody who's choosing to talk about or present cannabinoids as singular, uh, singular things that are going to have a positive effect on the body are really taking away that sort of full plant extract, that full spectrum, that entourage effect, you know, THCV or any of these cannabinoids expressed as something by itself is probably not how mother nature intended the human body to interact with these cannabinoids. And so it's hard to really think about and talk about these isolated because they weren't necessarily intended to be isolated. That's but first bucket. For me, the second bucket comes to laboratory created C, uh, cannabinoids. There are about seven companies that I'm aware of from Emeryville to South San Francisco to San Diego to the company in Boston that are all running at creating THC and other cannabinoids in a laboratory. And so some of them use yeast, some of them are using algae, some of these things are farting out cannabinoids, some of them are burping out cannabinoids. But this idea of being able to make these rare cannabinoids in a laboratory setting, I think with the cost of these rare cannabinoids is still a justification for running at a non-farming method, a non-extraction method from biomass, biomass at trying to create rare cannabinoids. And I like that some of these companies are still trying to do this because I do believe that some point we're gonna figure out the cure for cancer. And when that happens, there may be an opportunity for us to manipulate the ratios of cannabinoids to each other and then still come up with something that's close to or, 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 or equivalent to a full plant extract, but in ways that has been manipulated either based on the cannabinoid or based on someone's genetic proclivities, right? So I like that, okay? And then the final thing is, is that, and I just want to say with that, that, you know, we like to talk about how sun-grown cannabis has less impact because it's not grown indoors and we're not using a massive carbon footprint. But there is a world where sun-grown cannabis and acres and acres of cannabis is still acres and acres and acres that could have been in food production. So I'm 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 optimistic that potentially there are some laboratory-created cannabinoid methodologies that actually are going to be a net benefit in terms of land use, water use, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and might even have less of a footprint than outdoor cannabis. And then the final thing is THCV, right? So like, I love THCV because anything that's an appetite suppressant, you know, Americans, we sure do love to get a little too rotund and eat maybe a little bit too much fatty food and maybe not spend as much time on our, on our exercise machines. And so <laughs> unlike many other countries, yeah, we still do have a waddle problem, right? And so is there a way in which we can find a, a plant-based approach to maybe eating a few less in and out burgers? And can that have a, a positive effect on health outcomes more broadly in this country? I'm not mad at that. And I think that little teeny thin Virginia Slim style pre-rolls with THCV that are appetite suppressants, I think there's I think there's places in the market for that. I really do. In terms of the flower not looking good or smelling good. Cannabis users are still very much about curb appeal, whether that's the smell, the look, the taste, the flavor. It's something they want to interact with. It's like the coffee maker, coffee drinker who wants to grind their own beans and use a French press and isn't necessarily going for the pods or the crups or the Nespresso's. So I think that anything that doesn't look and smell good is going to not necessarily have as much traction in the market until there's really solid data behind its efficacy. This is Yara Kubrin, High at Nine News, Monday morning. <laughs> Man, Yara, that Yara, was a mouthful. There's a reason why THCV strains down in Orange County can't really be found. They get plucked off the shelf as soon as they hit. There's a real belief down there. There's a real belief. Uh, I, I, is this only in Orange County or is this in other places like uh, San Diego too? Places where gastric bypass surgery exceeds 15% of the, of the per capita. Well, that'd be in LA. <laughs> Something that is commonly um, mentioned when I talk with my friends who own retail down in SoCal. Really? The role of fatty. They're talking about the volume that you're smoking, not the person who's ingesting it, right? <laughs> oh, man. You guys. Uh, geez, 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 Louise. It's, it, it's 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. We got we, we to gotta wrap this up, you guys. Uh, man. Over the hour. Yes, but I love that we ended it with a THC a story you guys because you know thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us every monday through friday at 9 a.m pacific and high noon on the east coast big thank yous to our audience and supporters for always tuning in daily and learning what is the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry thank you to all of our sponsors and thank you to our correspondents today for coming in spending your time with us we know you could be anywhere else and we want to let you know that we appreciate it and thank you all at home for tuning in to America's number one daily cannabis news show, High at Nine News.